my juniper stop it sorry she was chasing her tail okay To the Exorcisters, where two chicks chat about monsters, demons, and all things horror. I'm Marley Miller. I'm Nicole Wooten. And we're the Exorcisters. All right. So, elephant in the room. It's been a hot minute since we have recorded. Um, we'll dive into that, but uh, just jumping in. Um, it looks like when we checked the last time we posted an episode was, I believe, March 3rd. So off the bat, we are going to kind of simultaneously give a little bit of context for why it has been so long and wrap that into a check-in, uh, which I think makes <laughs> sense. So, Nicole, fill us in on your life since March 3rd. Yes. So it's hard for me to remember exactly, like what was going on. I know it was only four months ago, but my memory is decaying. Um, (laughs) I think, so I was working at Ross, which is no longer the case. Um, I quit my job as assistant manager because I hated it. (laughs) And I, and I pretty much only took it because it was like somewhat related to my major. And I I realized that it was just too much stress, um, which is sort of a reason why we haven't been recording because I was just working all the time. And when I wasn't working, I was like, I just want to sleep. Like, no bueno, not good. Mm -hmm. So, um, I quit that job and I decided to sort of take a different direction. And I just wanted to get like a simple full-time job that wasn't too much stress. Going to do that for a little while and then um, transition back into like my actual college major, hopefully. But right now I'm just working as a receptionist, which is actually kind of wonderful. I've always wanted to be a receptionist. So I'm super excited about it. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's nice. It's just like a nine to five job, five days a week, like consistent schedule oh my gosh I didn't even realize how much I needed a consistent schedule until I had one yeah Whew, it's so nice like I have to I have to have it so that's like a, <laughs> a plus for me like I won't work another job where there's not just like these are your hours and that's it yeah um because I need it I just like to wake up when go to sleep when I wake up and go to sleep yeah. so I've actually really liked it although the job itself is like at a credit collection company so it's like some of the most boring work in the world don't um, know it <laughs> Yeah, like I spend most of my day uh, just like on the internet. And I don't think I'm allowed to be, but I am. So oh, there it goes. <laughs> I hope nobody's listening. Um, I mean, I do my work, you know, but yeah, like... <laughs> of course. Um, well, and then also I'm I'm planning a trip to Japan, which Woo. is happening beginning of September. I know I've never been out of the country, so I'm like kind of nervous about it, but also really excited. So I've just been like learning Japanese at my desk and like planning the trip. <laughs> I do a lot of like going on Google Maps and like uh, doing the satellite version and like going down the street. So it feels like I'm there. Nice. (laughs) Which is amazing. Um, So I've been preparing for that. Just taking a break, um, which is sort of why this is a nice time to start up the podcast again, because like I actually have the free time and I feel like I can actually commit to it. So I'm, I'm pretty excited. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So Marley, what have you been up to? Uh, so much. So Pretty much the around the same time that Nicole was leaving her job at Ross, I was planning and then executed a trip to Thailand. 
And so all of that was happening kind of around the time that we released our last episode. And so Mm -hmm. I think it was intended to be sort of a like, oh, well, this is kind of a big transition time. So once everything settles back down, then we'll record again. And then it didn't really (laughs) like um, (laughs) in my life since March, we my husband and I went to Thailand with a couple of our friends, Danica and Sean. And it was amazing and I loved it. And Mm -hmm. it was just an incredible experience where I had to face a lot of my like deepest fears kind of unexpectedly. Uh Um, I've heard about the spider story. (laughs) Yeah, there was there was a giant spider thing that happened. There was a thunder and lightning storm while we were on a boat on the ocean. Um (laughs) Which is just just weird combinations of, like, my least favorite things. Uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But it was good because I think it really pushed me out of my comfort zone. And uh, it was my first time going international other than, like, a resort in Mexico. Um, and I was really glad that it went well because I think when you're uh, doing something for the first time, if it doesn't go well, it can really turn you off to that entire experience. Um mm-hmm. But it was amazing, and I really want to do more traveling, and I especially really want to go back to Thailand because I kind of fell in love with it. So um, that's how Thailand was. And then immediately, like, I'm not even kidding, like, within the same week of when, uh, the week of when we got back from Thailand, my husband and I met with a lender and started basically the process of buying a house. And so how that process works is it's really long and there are a lot of moving pieces. And uh, since March, it's been talking with a lender, talking with a realtor, saving money, budgeting, trying to figure out what we want in a house and all of those different things. And so that's really monopolized a lot of my time. And then right around that same time at work with my job as a McKinney Vento liaison, um, from after spring break, it's like a mad dash to the end of the year. And so work was crazy. Life was crazy. Mm-hmm. And then um, summer gets over and I had to find a summer job. And I got a summer job as a park ranger assistant for state parks. And then right around that time, I was interviewing for another job full time um, with the juvenile justice department for the county that I live in. Um, And that was something that was kind of unexpected. It was an unexpected opportunity that came up, but one that I think was really important. Um, And so I pursued that and I'm currently, um, I've been offered the job. And last week I did like the drug screening and background check, which is taking a hot minute to get back. I'm not worried because like, spoiler alert, I've pretty much never done anything illegal, ever. Um, <laughs> That's fine. But, so it's a little bit anxiety-ridden just in the sense that I was offered the job. But you know how formally, like, the job's not yours until you complete, like, until you pass your background check and whatever? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm always kind of afraid that, like, something will come back and I'm like, oh my god, I've been framed. Yeah, exactly. So, um, but I they gave me a start date, and so I had to put in my two weeks, both at my summer parks job and at my school year job. Um, and 
So everything better work out because I already put in my notice at both of those jobs because I had to. Um, so, and then within the last um, month or so, uh, it was the job change. And then my husband and I were like really pulling together, just scraping together money so that we could actually start putting in offers on houses and looking really seriously. And um, then like, a random child support payment came in from my dad, who is a giant piece of garbage who never paid his child support when we were kids. And so he owes just like thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. And every once in a while he'll like change a job or he'll get some sort of like, you know, inheritance or whatever. And it'll get, it'll get garnished and then money will go to me and my brother. Um, and so recently we checked and there was just like, a few thousand dollars in there. Um, and so that pretty much pushed us over to the point where we could actually, we had enough money set aside to put an offer on a house if we really liked one. Um, and there was one house we really liked. And when we finally got the money, uh, it had already been sold. Yeah. And then there was another one we really liked and we put in an offer and they picked someone else's offer and then um, we just, within the last, like, few days, uh, went to see a house, and we really liked it, and we put in an offer, and they came, it's owned by a bank, and the bank came back with a counter offer, and we accepted their counter offer. Oh. And so, starting the beginning of next week, if all goes well, we will be in the process of buying that house. That's so crazy. Yeah. Yeah. You're like an adult. I am such an adult. It's like, it freaks me out sometimes. Like, yeah. Every once in a while, like I do something or my friends do something. And I'm just like, oh my God, like right. we're adults. Well, it's like, it's insane. The other day, yesterday, I don't know. So my friend Chelsea, she just bought a house. Um, and I went over to her house because we both work full time like adults and we have weird schedules. And so I went over to her house and we just like made smoothies in the morning to hang out before work. <laughs> um, right. I felt like, and we were just talking about like house stuff. Cause she just bought her house. And then we, I was telling yeah. her about this house that we, um, put an offer on and everything. And, uh, I don't want to bore everybody with the details of this house, but it's awesome. And we'll talk about it more later. But that is to say <laughs> that um, my life pretty much went from a direct transition from the Thailand trip to buying a house to changing careers to even more house buying stuff. And so this has been like the first time that I think we've really had the ability to sit down and record this entire time. And I think, yeah, <laughs> I do want to make it more of a commitment because, um, since we just did accept the offer, uh, this house buying process is not going to slow down anytime soon. So I'm going to have to be a lot more intentional about finding little windows to, um, make that happen. But I think mm -hmm. it'll be, uh, well, and the house buying process and switching jobs, like I'm supposed to start my new job next week. So no, not next week. Week after next. But I was like, wait, you're, you're coming to Portland next week. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Week after next. But, um, <laughs> friend, <laughs> you promised. 
Yes, no, that's still <laughs> on the agenda. Also, side note. I'm an adult. <laughs> um, <laughs> my dog is chewing on a bone in the background. If she weren't doing that, she would be doing something else that's much more loud and distracting. So if you hear noise in the background, that's just her. Yeah, same on my end because my cat, well, I bought a bunch of stuff recently and I haven't thrown away the bag. So she's just crawling in it out of the bags. Yeah, as, so, as cats sorry. do. <laughs> Um, I closed my door, but well, earlier I thought she was scratching on something. So I came out there like clapping and me screaming at her. And she was just like chilling in the bag, all cute. And I was like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I thought you were scratching. No, that was my bad. Um, but yes, so that is where life has been for me recently. Um, and so within the last few months, there have been a lot of movies that we've seen. And a lot of movies that we have not seen uh, because our lives have been so busy. So mm-hmm. <laughs> we've got kind of a few of the best and a few of the worst in terms of movies that have come out over the last few months and um, our reviews on that. So, Nicole, you want to start off strong with some of the best movies that you've seen in the last few months? Yeah, so I've got uh, I've got four movies that I really, really liked this year um, so far. I'll probably start from the bottom and kind of work my way up to the most amazing ones. And you can add in if you've seen, I'm not sure if you've seen any of the ones that I liked the most. Probably not. Actually. So <laughs> it'll just be my take. Marley can give her take later. Cause she really needs to watch one of these, but <laughs> I'll start off with probably my least favorite of my favorites, um, which is mom and dad on Hulu. It's got Selma Blair and Nicholas Cage. Um, and it's about like some sort of, I don't even know how to explain it. Like I guess some sort of, pheromone releases in the air and all the parents want to kill their kids which sounds insane (laughs) and it is and it's kind of terrible but also kind of amazing like it's one of those movies where they did exactly what they were supposed to do um so if you're into like over the top acting because Nicolas Cage is in it and he does not tone it down in any way shape or form um (laughs) and you're into like kind of upsetting but like comical violence then mom and dad is a great movie um However, it it verges on, like, a little bit too ridiculous at points. Oh. Like, I can't get over Nicolas Cage's, Nicolas Cage's performance, honestly, because, like, he'll be explaining something and he's just yelling about, like, his youth. And <laughs> it's just, it gets a little, like, okay, <laughs> calm down. Like, I know this is a campy movie, but, like, you could, you could tone it down a little bit. Um, but it is really good, and it's, it's entertaining to watch. I love anything Selma Blair's in um, and she doesn't disappoint. And it's got some genuinely like exciting moments, like edge of your sheet, edge of your, sh- of your sheet, edge of your, edit this out, Marley. Edge of the sheet. Edge of the sheet moments. No, no. Edge of your seat moments. Um, and it's some pretty good performances too, besides Nicolas Cage's, which is maybe it's a good performance. I don't know. I don't understand him, but <laughs> <laughs> overall, it's sort of like, if you want to watch that kind of movie, you can see it and it's great. And if you don't want to watch that movie, then don't feel bad about missing it. So that's my little take on mom and dad. Um, so my, my third pick, my third favorite of the year is Annihilation. Um, all right. So it's got Natalie Portman in it, Gina Rodriguez, Oscar Isaac, Tessa Thompson, Jennifer Jason Lee, just like, and a really amazing cast. Um, and it's, it's a really good movie. It, is kind of verging on more sci-fi. However, I read the reviews beforehand to see if it even was a horror movie and they said it was, and I do agree. It's got some sort of like 
it's a little bit more tension filled than I think most sci-fi movies are kind of like an alien sort yeah. of deal. Um, and some like genuinely really creepy, eerie moments that like for me push it into horror. Although I, I would understand the argument that it's just a sci-fi movie, but I'm going to call it a sci-fi horror movie. Um, and overall I'm going to give it like an 11.5 out of 13 ish, like a B okay. plus a minus something like that. Like, it's really riding that line between really good and not very good. Um, <laughs> not, <laughs> not not very good, but it's got some flaws um, for sure. I would explain the plot to you, but I don't. I don't. I don't know what the plot is really. Because <laughs> <laughs> the plot, it's very like high concept in a lot of ways. Pretty much, there's this like rainbow orb, and um, they go into it, and sure. things happen, and it's sort of. It's very like scientific and like kind of trippy. Um, and I feel like if I said too much about the plot, it would, I don't know, it would kind of ruin it. Like it's better to kind of go in a little bit more blind. Okay. But um, basically it's like visually stunning, just really beautiful to look at um, and really interesting. Like the concept was really original, I think. And like the visuals are really original. However, it suffered from some like, what's that phrase? Like the, telling not showing oh exposition as far as yeah like character development like they'll be like oh you know what her story is and then they'll just say her story yeah and it's like they don't do it the whole time and there are some like genuine developments in characters and there's some genuine like depth there but like just like a few times in the movie they do that a little bit too much yeah um so it just gets a little bit like uh like you kind of want to roll your eyes at those parts for me but um generally like really good if that wasn't done so much I think it would have been a solid a for me okay but I'm really not a fan of that like I think it especially in this kind of movie like they didn't necessarily need to like I could tell she was upset you know I didn't need to know why necessarily yeah or like it would have been better if she told me herself mm-hmm. um instead of like some other character explaining it so that's the only thing for me but generally really good um kind of reminded me of like a retro sci-fi sort of movie but with the special effects of today which is good nice so that's my third pick um <laughs> so my first and second pick are hard but i'm gonna go with my second pick of the year being hereditary okay. which <laughs> um so for me i'll, I'll kind of give a little bit of like what i felt about it and then i want do you want to talk about how you felt yeah yeah so for me um but basically the the plot of the movie is that there's like a haunting sort of thing. There's creepy things going on. There's deaths. It's just sort of like a family drama, um, but also a horror movie. So like the first half of the movie is very much like a drama and there's a little bit of scariness, but it's almost riding on boring. Like it feels like almost like it's just like trying to win an Oscar or something. Like it feels slow and kind of like good, but like pretty tame as far as horror goes. Yeah. And then then there's a halfway point in the movie where something terrible happens. And from that point on, well, so the terrible thing happens. And like, for me, it's very, very upsetting. But then if you ride past it, it becomes like a genuinely terrifying and sort of exhilarating horror story. Mm-hmm. Um, but, it, and this is kind of how I feel about it in general. It's so upsetting in some parts that it's almost like I can't give it like a perfect score because I just felt like, so like kind of gross watching it like I was just like sad and upset yeah so for me it's like an a minus 
or A, but not an A plus, because I felt like, and it, it probably could be an A plus just because I think it, for what it was, it did what it was supposed to do perfectly. And there's really no actual flaws. However, like, it's not pleasant to view. And so like, I'm not ever going to watch it again, even though I thought it was amazing, if that makes sense. So it sort of rides that line for me. Um, however, I think it's something that everybody should try to watch once. Um, just because, well, if anything, just for the performances, because Tony Collette is amazing in it. She but is. why don't you give your, yeah, <laughs> she's amazing in it. Um, but why don't you give your, your take on it, Marley? Okay, so we've talked about it before. I'm a sensitive, mm-hmm. delicate little flower of a person. Um, mm-hmm. And I think how that comes across in movies is typically, typically, if something is very, very graphically violent or really graphically sexual, it makes me so uncomfortable that I don't enjoy the movie. So if I know that that's going to be the case ahead of time, I just don't watch it. Um, so it's not like a moral thing. It's just, it makes me uncomfortable and then I don't enjoy the movie experience. Um, yeah. I had heard so much about Hereditary and obviously I'm such a big horror fan that I went in kind of blind. I had been told like, you know, it's pretty upsetting. If you can get through like the first half of the movie, then you can make it through the second half of the movie. Um, something happens about halfway through the movie, or I don't know, maybe the fir- within the first quarter of the movie. Um, yeah, probably halfway. Yeah. And it was so upsetting to me that um, I, and I, also, I struggle with anxiety is another piece of the puzzle of who I am. Um, that this very upsetting thing happened and I felt myself start to have a panic attack. And so I left the movie theater and just like was actively trying to like calm myself down. And it, you know, if you've ever experienced panic attack, it's not easy to like deescalate, especially when you're just like wandering aimlessly through a movie theater hallway and people are staring at you (laughs) weird and you're like trying to find a place to sit down and you're like sweating profusely and, um, hyperventilating. And, uh, so I was like trying really, really hard to, um, just calm myself down so that I could get back into the movie theater and finish the movie. And side note, I've never in my life walked out of a movie ever. Like there have been Mm -hmm. movies that I've seen where I'm like, this is really stupid or this is really boring or I don't want to watch this, but I'm just not the type of person to like leave a movie. Um, no, not at all. No, 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 no. Uh, I came back in, I wasn't really able to adequately de-escalate but I came back in and after this terrible thing happens there's this moment where one of the characters is just like laying on the floor screaming and Mm -hmm. I just like couldn't like I could not um I, I I don't know it's it's hard to describe but like just emotionally like I was not um able to reconnect with the movie and so it was I was like I don't know, like when you're in a panic mode, you're not even paying attention to what's going on around you. Like things are either neutral or they're slightly not triggering or they're triggering. And so trying to sit through the rest of the movie, it was just like continually like triggering my panic attack. And so um, I just- Because after that point, it doesn't slow down. Exactly. Um, Yeah. So I can imagine that like, if that got you at that moment, it wouldn't be easy to just go back in because it's not like, oh, and then it goes back to the boring drama, you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, And so I just leaned over to my husband and I'm like, can we please go? 
And so we left and it took me, I don't know, a few hours to like, I didn't sleep. Like it took me a few hours to even feel like somewhat normal. I slept terribly that night. Like it took me a few days to really shake it. Um, and it wasn't just gosh, like it, it was like very, it was very difficult. Um, and I don't know why, like what happened. It's not like it reminded me of some trauma of my past. It was just like, like you were saying, no, hopefully not. <laughs> no, of course not. Um, God. uh, but it, like you were saying, it was such a profoundly disturbed and traumatic and gross feeling that it was like, I just couldn't shake it for a few days. And I would think about, you know, trying to watch the movie again and even just thinking about what happened in the movie. I like felt gross all over again. Um, mm-hmm. And so I've come to the conclusion that at some point I would like to finish the movie but I am definitely going to wait until it comes out on like DVD or Netflix or something and just come in where I left off because I genuinely don't think I could make it through the first half of that movie again. Yeah. Well, and from that point, like it doesn't slow down emotionally or anything, but it's not as like dramatic and traumatic, you know, it's, yeah. it's got much more of like a, an actual scary movie sort of like exorcist feel, you know? Yeah. Um, so I think that you could. Yeah, I think so. And I think, I think, and I think you should. Yeah, but. I definitely want to. Uh, my husband went back and he ended up watching the whole thing and he's like, I think you'd really like it. And so th- I think that's the key is if I can get to the part of the movie where it turns into a genuine horror movie and not have to deal with the trauma of the first half of the movie again, I think I'll be in a good headspace to enjoy it. Um, yeah. But yeah, it was, uh, well, it was rough. I think that's what's good about the movie is that it takes you into that sort of dark, like, I get the same feeling watching it as I did, as I did watching like American History X, like that sort of gross, like, I don't want to be seeing this sort of feeling. Yeah. You know, like, I, I really liked it. And it's great art. But like, I feel uncomfortable with how upsetting it is. Um, Which I think is a really smart thing to do for a scary movie, because like, it kind of takes you out of the realm of like what a scary movie is with the jump scares and the creepy faces, you know? Yeah. And then once they do the jump scares and the creepy faces later, it's like more scary because you've got this already like gloomy sort of weird feeling. Yeah. I think so it's effective. It, it is. You know? It is. I haven't been that scared by a movie in a while because it, it, like in the theater, I wasn't that scared. I was just sort of upset. And then there's a few things that happened that I was just like, Oh, I don't want to be looking at that. Like in a scary movie kind of way. Yeah. Um, but, but like, kind of more exciting, like in a more fun sort of scary movie way. Um, but then I went home that night and I did feel weird. Like I was in bed and it was just like, oh my gosh, like if I ever hear that like clicky noise again, like I'll freak out, you know? Yeah. So, with, so I don't know. I think it was really effective and it's one of the scariest movies I've ever seen, but I can't give it a perfect score because like you said, it is just so upsetting. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think even if I am able to like come back and revisit it and watch the whole thing. I still don't know that it would rank very highly for me personally because of the horror genre. Like, there are things I don't like as much just personally. Like, mm-hmm. you know, the kind of saw, torture porn sort of thing. Like, I don't care for that. Yeah. Um, and I don't think... Because I've seen other movies that made me feel a similar sense of just, like, unease. And I think mm-hmm. when that goes too far... It's not like that's a critique on the movie. Just for me personally, it takes me more so in that realm of like, 
I'm so uncomfortable. I'm not enjoying this experience. And I yeah. really prefer scary movies where it's it's thrilling because it's so fun and scary. And I trust that the second half of the movie was that way. Um, mm-hmm. But I really like scary movies that I can revisit. And I don't think even at... Well, it's like the movie The Witch. A lot of people were comparing this to The Witch. Um, it was much harder to watch, obviously. <laughs> I was able to sit through The Witch. And The Witch was great, but it still wasn't one of my favorites because it was that really uneasiness. And I don't... That's not my favorite way to experience a horror movie, just personally. Yeah, that makes sense. I haven't seen The Witch, but it kind of reminded me of like um, like Rosemary's Baby. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I kind of like that, though. Or even, like, The Shining, to a certain extent, is like that, like, sort of, like, riding that edge between drama and then horror. Um, I really like that. I think that, like you said, this one took it to an extreme, which is awesome, but also, like, not a revisit kind of movie. (laughs) Yeah. Nope. I mean, I have to I mean, I do want to rewatch it, but, like, a while from now. Yeah. Or, like you said, maybe I'll rewatch the second half. But Yeah. So... That was my experience with Hereditary, <laughs> um, an experience yeah. I've never had before, and it was strange. So, sorry, guys, that I couldn't see the rest of the movie and talk about it, but I'm <laughs> glad you did. I know. Well, I, I was bothering her to watch it, so or you to watch it so much, and then, like, when I texted you, I was like, oh, like, did you see it? And you're like, oh, I had to walk out. <laughs> yep. I was like, oh. Because I did warn you it was disturbing. But yeah, no, I had... I didn't realize that you would be affected in that in that way. I neither guess. did I. That's the funny yeah. thing about panic attacks is sometimes uh. you have no idea <laughs> when or why. There's no rhyme uh. or reason. It's a fun little it's surprise. It's so much fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, so Hereditary. I think it's fair to say, if you haven't seen it yet, put some thought into... Uh, yourself and your experiences and your threshold for just deep, unsettling discomfort and um, disturbing traumatic feelings because it, it it might totally not be a deal breaker. And if not, it's in what I am understanding is an incredible movie. Um, but I did not go in with the right mindset. I went in like, ooh, fun, scary movie. It's not that. Yeah. No. It's not very fun. Like I said, the second half is a little bit fun, but still pretty disturbing. Yeah. It doesn't turn into like poltergeist or anything. Yeah. So there is that. And then Nicole, what is your number one? So my number one for this year, um, and I might even put it on my top five. I'm not sure yet. Is A Quiet Place. Oh, wow. So yeah, because I just loved it. So I'm a big fan of John Krasinski in general. I really like The Office. So I was really excited for him to be doing something. Um, especially with Emily Blunt. And so like, there was already a lot of hype for this movie. Mm-hmm. And so I was kind of afraid, like right before I was watching it, I was like, I'm probably not going to like this. Like, I think I hyped it up too much in my mind. Um, but I really did. Like, I just think it was executed perfectly. It was like, it kind of rode that line between like, there was dramatic parts, but also it was more fun in a lot of ways. And like, there's like parts where I cried, but also like I, by the end felt a little bit uplifted. So like, it was more successful in a lot of ways for me personally than hereditary, which is why I put it at number one. Mm-hmm. Um, because I just felt like it was sort of like a perfect horror movie for me. Nice. Hey, have you seen it yet? I haven't seen it. And here's why. Yeah. Is um, when, <laughs> when we were in Thailand, I 
went to get a Brazilian blowout for my hair, which takes a while. And so while that was happening, um, Danica and Sean and Austin decided to go see a movie. And I really wanted them to not see A Quiet Place so that I could see it later. <laughs> um, and they, the movie they had kind of wanted to see didn't have the right time. So they all went to see A Quiet Place, meaning that here at home in Redmond, um, I have no one to see A Quiet Place with because Austin's already seen it. And with Movie mm-hmm. Pass, you can no longer see the same movie twice. Um, yeah. And so, and you know, he could just pay out of pocket, but you know, whatever. Um, well, I own it. So next weekend we should watch it. Oh, you own it? Well, my dad owns it, but I took his Voodoo account. So he, I own it. Oh, kinda. nice. Cool. So we'll watch it next weekend. <laughs> yes, I have definitely been wanting to see it, but it's kind of one of those things where when a movie's in theaters, if everyone you know has seen it, it's like ships in the night. Like you just kind of missed your chance. Yes, very much so. Um, but I'm excited for you to see it because like, first of all, the creatures in it are really cool. Um, I'm sort of like picky about creatures in movies, like how much you see them and how much you don't see them. And then once you like, I hate that thing of like, it's all secretive and you're like, oh, it's cool. And then once you actually see it, you're like, oh, I've seen it for too long and I'm not scared by it anymore. Mm -hmm. But these were like very, like they were reminiscent of sort of like a Cloverfield monster, but then there was parts of it that were very interesting to me. So it's like, I didn't really know what I was looking at a lot of the time, which is nice because they're just like, oh, like I'm upset, but not like it wasn't overly gruesome to where I couldn't look at it either. Yeah. So for me, like the creatures were perfect. Um, The acting is amazing. They cast an actual like deaf actress for the daughter, which I appreciate. Mm -hmm. And then I was actually reading like a little um, interview with her and she was saying that like, like the actors who weren't deaf were signing like according to their characters, which she really liked. Like she was teaching them like, oh, you would be more direct. So you like would sign it this way or like you're a little bit more soft. So you would be signing this way. And it really shows in the movie. Like I feel like they managed to get a lot of character in there with like very little dialogue. Nice. Um. Yeah, it was just really amazing. I'm excited for you to see. It. I hope I'm not hyping it up too much though, because, you know, <laughs> I think you're to watch it and be like, yeah, it was I. No, I think I think I'll like it. I try to go into things I think I'll like with a lot of positivity. Like I'm not naturally very skeptical, um, mm-hmm. so I think I will enjoy it. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely my top pick of the year. So I'm excited for you to see it. For me, it's like an A plus, thirteen out of thirteen. Nice. Would recommend. All right. So, I saw some of the worst movies of the year. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I, on the podcast, we've already talked about Winchester and Insidious, The Last Key. I think with both of them, they were fine PG-13 horror movies. But with, Mm -hmm. um, with one, you've got its connection to the Insidious universe. With one, you've got the connection to the real life Winchester house and then a lot of big names and big talent in it. And so I think with both of them, they were fine on their own, but that comparison, it just didn't live up to it. Um, mm-hmm. And so I already gave those ones grades, but that is to say that in the last few months, those still stand as even in terms of scores, Rotten Tomatoes and critical review, they are not some of the best horror movies of the year. Um, yeah. And then- yeah, the last key I saw and it was just like, just incredibly mediocre. Yep. Yeah incredibly mediocre is probably how i would describe all of these movies none of them were terrible Mm -hmm. but not impressive and then the other two that i'm going to talk about are also connected to larger franchises 
which I think was a hit against them. So the Cloverfield Paradox came out a few months ago. Um, what what was it? Super Bowl, maybe? Mm-hmm. Is that a thing? Yeah, um, it did. It came out during the Super Bowl. Or maybe just the preview did. I think it released right after the Super Bowl, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe that's it. Um, mm, maybe that's but it. yes, so I saw the Cloverfield Paradox. It was uh, very mediocre. It had... <sighs> a bummer. Yeah, it had some pretty good talent in it. Uh, so it has Chris O'Dowd and it also has Daniel Bruhl, who is a German actor who is also in Inglorious Bastards. Um, it has Donal Logue, who was in Grounded for Life and uh, Law and Order SVU. He's kind of a TV actor. Um, so the talent was there. The movie was um, confusing. It didn't seem like it knew exactly how it wanted to fit into the Cloverfield story. I think um, with Cloverfield, some of the big, like, some of the biggest contributing factors to the fear was the unknown. Like, where, what, what is going on? Where did this creature come from? Why is it here? Because um, you have Cloverfield and then you have 10 Cloverfield Lane. And they both are kind of the, like, the... They're riding on the mystery. Exactly. And it's the feet on the ground, normal people experiencing what the hell's going on. Um, and that's really where you're seeing it from, which is very relatable. With this one, it was like astronauts and space, and it almost had sort of like an alien feel to it. Mm-hmm. But, but then random jokes would kind of get thrown in, which is one of my biggest pet peeves in horror movies, is if you're going to be lighthearted, be lighthearted. But if you've got a serious yes. moment and you throw a joke in there, it totally just kills the moment. No, um, because it, there's nothing wrong with having humor and horror. Like, I like it, in fact, but like... Pick a, pick a side, you know? You have to, it has to be very... At least a little bit. Yeah. Like, you have to know how you're going to approach it. Because um, otherwise it just seems like you've got this really serious moment and then someone makes a joke and it's like, dude, someone just died. Like, yeah. <laughs> um Yeah. And it had some kind of like uh, time travel-ish, other dimension-y elements that were just confusing. It bit off way more than it could chew. It should have been its own thing entirely that had nothing to do with Cloverfield because then you spend the yeah. whole time being like, but how does this relate to that? Um, I heard that it would be better as a series almost. Yeah, exactly. It was very busy, and I didn't care for that. Um, mm-hmm. So I would give it probably a seven and a half out of 13. Um, so not great. Pretty much, if not a high, like probably kind of a low D. Um, mm-hmm. And then the other movie I saw, which is not quite horror, it's more sci-fi. But my husband and I, a couple weeks ago, went and saw Jurassic World 2. Oh, good. Yes. I haven't seen it yet. It is not great. Um, yeah, that's something I've heard. <laughs> if I wanted to see it anyway because I love the Jurassic Park movies. I think mm-hmm. growing up, a lot of people... I mean, I love, like, I love Harry Potter, um, but I never read any of the books, so I'm a total poser. I can never seem <laughs> to get through the Lord of the Rings franchise. I only like some Ugh. Star Wars. I know. I'm, I'm the... Like, I am a total nerd... I am not a geek in any way. There are very few yeah. geeky things that really jam with me. Um, <laughs> and so that is to say that in terms of franchises, I think Jurassic Park is one of the ones that I get the most excited about. 
Um, mm-hmm. Which is a weird opinion, given the fact that the first Jurassic Park is amazing, and then the second and third are both mediocre, and then Jurassic World yeah. is amazing, and Jurassic World 2 is mediocre. <laughs> so It's very hit and miss, that franchise. It really is. and um, so, But I, I think what Jurassic World 2 had going for it is that Jurassic Park 2 and 3 were both mediocre, and so... Mm-hmm. It wasn't going to live up to Jurassic World 1. I wish it would have. And it certainly was not going to live up to Jurassic Park. Um, Mm -hmm. But I think it fit pretty well within the pattern of an amazing first movie and then mediocre sequels. Uh, (laughs) I want to see it just because I love Jeff Goldblum. Yeah, yeah. It's totally worth seeing. It's it's a romp. It's a, you know, pretty typical action movie um like i said where it really fails is its comparison to jurassic world and the entire jurassic Mm -hmm. park franchise but the effects are great the dinosaurs are great you get to see some uh new ones some up close that you didn't really get to focus on during the last movie and that part is undeniable i mean the the how far we've come with the special effects that we're able to do to make it seem like someone is really like staring down the nose of a velociraptor is just incredible Well, and even the first one, the effects are pretty amazing for the time. Exactly. Yeah. Like this. Like, I, I forget how old it is, you know? It's as old as we are, pretty much. Yeah. Um, yeah. That franchise is just has amazing effects across the board. It really does. And so, Jurassic World, I think if you compare it to Jurassic Park 2 and 3, it's, it's a pretty good comparison. If you're comparing it to Jurassic World or the first Jurassic Park, it's not living up to that. Um, Mostly mm-hmm. story. There are elements of the story that just don't make sense. Like the huh. ending, and I don't want to give anything away, but the ending had my husband and I, when we were driving home from the theater, just like, and this didn't make sense about that. And this doesn't make sense. <laughs> just like, Which is never good. No, it's never good to spend the drive home from a movie picking it apart. Um, but I do think it's worth watching if you are either uh, an action fan and are not critical of just straightforward action movies, or if you, in spite of their mediocrity, really enjoy Jurassic Park sequels, (laughs) this is pretty much alongside those. Um, And it is, the fun thing too, is it is genuinely scary. Like there are a couple of moments that feel more like a horror movie than they feel like a sci-fi movie. Um, Hmm. So that was fun. And kind of why I think it was worth bringing up on the pod. But um, I would give it probably a 10. On the pod? Yeah, the pod. I've never heard you refer to it as that. Oh. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But uh, yeah, I would give it a 10 out of of 13. I'm not positive it deserves a 10 out of 13. (laughs) But I have a lot of grace for the Jurassic Park movies. So yeah. Jurassic World 2 is okay. (laughs) (laughs) What a statement. Yeah, hot take. It's like that graffiti that's like, Richard Gere is a right actor. (laughs) Or is a decent actor. (laughs) I love that. Um, I love lukewarm statements. (laughs) Lukewarm statements. All right, so that's pretty much where we're at on movies thus far this year. Before we jump into our next segment, Nicole, you want to lead us in a game? Yes. So I've got a game for us. It's called Mary Boff Kill. Um... The name we technically, I guess technically it's from 30 Rock, isn't it? That version of the name? Yeah, that version of the name is from 30 Rock. Which never made sense to me because I don't know how boff is in any, in any way related to like intimacy, but. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't. I but think, it's. 
Yeah, I think a lot of people call it, like, Mary fuck, kill, but I really yeah. don't like the use of the F word as sex. Like, I, I think that's... Me just... either! Okay, cool. Like, don't, don't get me wrong, I love the F word. No, yeah. Right? But, like, we've, like we've it's one of my been, favorite words. Yeah, we've both been known to throw around an F-bomb here and there, but... Yeah. I'll say fuck whenever, but, like, I... Yeah, I don't ever... Like, if I say it to mean, like, sex, like, I am going for shock factor, because to me, I'm always like, whoa. I know, it's just, uh, it makes me want to clutch my pearls. Like, goodness. Yeah, I, I did just now. I don't have pearls on, but. Yeah. That's how I felt. So, yeah, we're calling it Mary Boff Kill. Mary um, Boff Kill. Yeah, some people call it Mary Do Kill, but we're going with Tina Fey on this one. So, yep. Mary Boff Kill. Um, I've got three categories, and all of them are including uh, characters, or I guess the actors of the characters, um, from 2018 horror movies. Awesome. I love it. So. The first one is dads. So I've got three dads and you're going to tell me which one you'd marry, which one you'd boff and which one you'd kill. I love it. So my first one um, is Lee Abbott from A Quiet Place. So John Krasinski. Okay. Then we've got the dad from Hereditary. Okay. And then we've got Nicolas Cage from Mom and Dad. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Um, I mean, obviously I'd marry John Krasinski. Yes, that is an obvious one. Um, This one's not hard. <laughs> What's funny about some people's approach to Mary Boffkill is that between the boffing and the marrying, some people will flip-flop it in terms of which yes. one's better. Because in in some people's mind, just because they marry someone doesn't mean they ever have to be intimate with them. Um, so if they're kind of gross, they're like, oh, I'll marry them and then I'll have sex with this really like attractive person. But in my mind, I'm like, I only have to have sex with that gross person once. Whereas if I marry someone hot, I get to have sex with them all the time. Exactly. Yeah. I think a lot of people choose like the less attractive, but better person as the Mary, but I choose like my favorite as the Mary and my second favorite or the hottest, but not necessarily personality wise for the boff and then kill is like. Not necessarily who I want to die. I don't want anybody to die, but like no, yeah, who yeah. I don't care about as much. Um, in some aspect. Yeah. Okay. Uh, marrying John Krasinski. <laughs> yes. Um, the dad from Hereditary. I don't remember what he looks like off the top of my head. I know he was up. old. Um, let me take a look at him really quick. Take a gander. Taking a gander. Um. Oh yeah. Eh. I'm gonna. Um. Weirdly enough, I'm going to boff Nicolas Cage because I feel like that would be an experience. <laughs> I would tell everybody about it, right? Because like you'd be like, I had sex with Nicolas Cage, and they'd be like, Whoa! Like that becomes an element like, of like who you are as a person. Yeah. Like, well, it's like I always thought it'd be really funny if I married James Vanderbeek. <laughs> yeah. It's, a, it's like I talk about that sometimes and I'm like, wouldn't that just be funny if like I went to my high school reunion and that's who I was married to? Like, what are you supposed to do with that? It's a conversation piece. I mean It's a conversation piece, yeah. Yeah. It's, oh, I boffed Nicolas Cage. Like, whoa, that's tell me all about How that. was that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, yes, I'd I get marry, that. <laughs> I'd marry John Krasinski, I'd boff Nicolas Cage, and I would kill the dad from Hereditary. Okay, I'm going to switch Nicolas Cage and the guy from Hereditary just because I'm a little bit afraid of having a baby with Nicolas Cage. You don't um, have to have a baby I don't, with him I just think... you boff him. What if I accidentally do? Dude, birth control. It's not that hard to not get pregnant. It's only 99.9% effective. Oh, okay. 
I just think our kids would look really bad. The eyes on those kids. That's fair. So that's my weird reasoning, but I'm sticking to it. I, I believe in what I just said. So <laughs> Okay. All right. Give me the next one. Okay. The next one is moms. Okay. So we've got the mom for Hered- from Hereditary or Tony Collette. Uh-huh. Uh Emily Blunt from A Quiet Place. Uh-huh. Or Selma Blair from Mom and Dad. Okay. Oh, this one's tough. They're all more mm-hmm. attractive than most of those men. Yes. Um, Besides John Krasinski. Yeah. Pretty much. I hate to be superficial. Mm-hmm. But Tony Collette is older, or at least seems older, mm-hmm. than the other two women. Um, yes. So I'm sorry, Tony Collette. You're so talented and such an incredible <laughs> human being but I'm going to have to kill you um, because the entire premise of this game is superficiality. Yes. I would so kill her cause she's old. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then I would marry Emily Blunt because she is beautiful and seems like just a great, amazing human being. Yes. And I would boff Selma Blair because she is pretty, but she's not really my type. That's exactly right. I agree with you 100%. Yep. Mm-hmm. Speaking yeah. some truth. Yeah, <laughs> that's correct. 100%. You've received an A. 13 out of 13. <laughs> so my last category is old people. Okay. Which is old funny because you just criticized somebody for being old. <laughs> Sorry, Tony Collette. <laughs> so Marley's favorite thing. <laughs> she's not old. And she's pretty. Like, she's prettier than me, but like, you know. Um, um, well, different. We have a different look. You I do. Think. You do. <laughs> Let's not compare apples and oranges. So, <laughs> so for old people, I've got Elise Rainier from Insidious, the old lady from Insidious. Okay. Uh, Mary Winchester from Winchester. Helen Mary. And then uh, the grandma from Hereditary. Oh. Um, I'd kill the grandma from Hereditary. Yes. She freaks me the. And fuck if you would have seen the rest of that movie, then that's the correct choice. Yeah, yeah. I saw enough. I saw enough. <laughs> um, I would... Now, this is tough. This is where I kind of dive into the personalities of the characters in the movie. Yes. I really enjoy the woman from the Insidious movies. She's delightful. I think she and I would vibe super well. Like, if I were, like, 40 years older, I think we would just make, like, a rockin' older lesbian couple. Yeah. So I would marry her and I would boff Helen Mirren. I agree. Okay. Because who wouldn't want to boff Helen Mirren? And I think if we're talking about the actresses, I would marry Helen Mirren, but we're not talking about the actresses. We're talking about the characters. Mm-hmm. In at least some capacity. So, and Winchester was, I mean, she's, you know. Yep. Yep. She's a little crazy. I agree. So I agree. Yeah. Awesome. We're on the same page. <laughs> <laughs> so we only did So besides on one. your... Your love for Nicolas Cage. Your massive crush on him. I don't need that to spread. That is not... <laughs> that is not... Besides your number one celebrity crush, Nicolas Cage. Oh my god. No. We agree. <laughs> imagine, can you imagine... Marley's got pictures. <laughs> she loves him. I don't. That would be weird. Can you imagine knowing someone like our age who just has a massive crush on Nicolas Cage? And I have some weird crushes, but that's... Oh, that's weird. Yeah. That would be weird. I don't. 
let me be clear. I, I sympathize. <laughs> I don't but. feel that way about no, Nicolas she Cage. does. I don't. It's it's Nicolas Cage like up here, and then just like a like a little bit lower, we've got like Charlie Hunnam. Oh my god. <laughs> okay, sure. I love Nicolas Cage. You do. I'm gonna edit that. I'm gonna keep it. Okay. Okay. Thanks for that game. I loved it. Mary Boff Kill. <laughs> um. That's that's an oldie but a goodie. We used to play that a I lot. I play it a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me and Danea do. My roommate. Yeah, how's Danea doing? A lot. Um, she's working a lot. Yeah. She's stressed, but she's good. <laughs> yeah. She wants to be on the show, so we're gonna try to work her in somewhere in between her jobs. Yeah. Well, which well, will be interesting because she doesn't love scary movies, so it'll be like a fun. Yeah. Take. Yeah. So I'm excited to have her on here. We'll 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 get her in here. Um, one of these days, which transitions us well into our next topic of conversation. So since this is in some ways almost like a re-pilot because it's been Mm -hmm. so, so long. um, A reboot. Yeah. We just wanted to give a couple of projections and maybe some goals and just highlights for what is to come in the world of the Exorcist sisters. I think up to this point, we've been very review based. And then with a couple of um, sort of special episodes where we talked about things that were holiday related or just kind of deep diving into some specific categories, but we've got some big plans coming up. Um, and we just wanted to talk about that a little bit and throw in some ideas for other things that we want to see uh, in terms of the direction of the pod. So Nicole, Talk to us a bit about things that we're planning in the near future, maybe some things we want to do in the more distant future, and anything you would like to sort of put out into the universe for us as a (laughs) podcast. Yeah, so something I'm really excited about um, is diving a little bit into, like, series. So, like, choosing, like, a topic and then expanding on it more and more. Yeah. Um, So something I love is decades, and I, I really love the idea of doing like a decade series um, and diving into sort of like the history as well as like the pop culture of the time um, and then relating that back to horror movies. So I think that's going to be really fun. That's something that we have in the works. Um, Yes. And that's something that I really, really love because I think we both like, I really love movies and movie history and then Marley loves history in general, obviously, because she's got a degree in it. Yeah, She's got a degree in it. Um, so I think that'll be really fun to do. And I'm really excited to like, kind of dive into deeper subjects in that sort of way or like expand on things more. Yes, I agree. I think there's so much, and we, we kind of dipped our toes in it with like the Hitchcock episode yeah, um, and the kind of horror classics episode, but, um, there's so much history, like horror has, um, coincided with so many uh, historical events and um, historical chapters. And I think it'll be really fun to dive into that and just take a really deep look. And I love the concept of a series because it expands the topic of conversation beyond just one episode. Mm-hmm. Which is. Yeah. And it, it, it allows us to like sort of laser focus in on things. Yeah, exactly. And I think something that I've really enjoyed about some of the podcasts I listen to is they're based on TV shows. And so it's very easy to go one episode after another and understand the connection. And so I think with series, that'll be a good opportunity for us to create a more solid stream 
of content. Like it's more related. Mm-hmm. So agreed. So yes. yeah. What about you? What's something that you're looking forward to in the future? So something that I would like to see for our future um, is since we've started this podcast, I've really gotten more into other podcasts. Like originally, I really just listened to the podcasts of like the people I know. So shameless plug, Jesus Take the Real and Prophecy (laughs) Guys, my brother's two podcasts with his friends, uh, Sam and then Tony and Taylor. Um, I really was only into their podcasts and then I kind of dipped my toe into other horror podcasts or movie podcasts. And since then, I've found a few that I really enjoy that I'll talk about at the end. But um, something that I see a lot of them doing is partnering up with other podcasts and bringing in guest hosts. And I think a big reason why that's not something that we've really been able to participate in is because on the one hand, our content has been uh, pretty sporadic. Um, (laughs) And then on the other hand is we don't really have a huge social media presence. I think we are both I, generationally, I do think that there's something <laughs> different about people who are currently like 25 and older and people who are currently like 24 and younger. I think something about just that one year gap, whatever was happening during maybe the difference between like eighth grade and freshman year or like senior year and graduating um, for social media. Like I didn't have Instagram when I was in high school. That was not an element of my high school experience. Um, (laughs) and so I think, um, you and I are both a little bit bad at some social media. Like, no, I, I don't have hardly any interest in it. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And so I think that that's something that whether we decide to kind of pull in some outside assistance or we just try to work a little bit harder at familiarizing ourselves, like we are at a disadvantage when it comes to, um, social media. And that's really how podcasters connect with one another and make like, uh, collaborations happen and interviews happen. And that's something that I would like to see for us is trying to think creatively about how to become better at social media and become (laughs) younger, I guess. Um, I know. Well, it's hard. We're both like, like chill 80 year olds. Yeah. We, yeah, we're both very, (laughs) um, not even necessarily mature for our age. We're just kind of old and boring. Yeah. Just kind of old. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know how else to put it. Yeah. We're just kind of old. Um, and so we have to, it, it doesn't come as naturally. It's not as naturally interesting. And so it's work and it's, um, learning and, uh, commitment. So that's something that I would like to see is us increase our social media presence. And within that, try to work a little bit harder to collaborate with other podcasts and maybe get some interviews. And, um, I see the people I know doing really awesome stuff. Like, uh, both on Prophecy Guys and on Jesus Take the Real, they've had some really amazing people come on that they've done interviews with on another podcast I listened to um, called Whatever It Takes. They've had uh, some really amazing people that they've been able to interview. And so I don't think it's as impossible as it seems. I think it just really takes that commitment to making it happen. So... That is something I'd like us to try to get better about. Because there, I mean, the ability's out there for us to have some really cool people on the pod. We just have to work a bit harder. 
So yeah, agreed. I think that'd be fun. Yeah, kind of. I think so. It'd be fun. Like the results will be fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The the getting there might not be fun. I do Ugh, think we I could know. consider. Sounds exhausting, but we'll do it. Yeah, I think we could consider <laughs> pulling in a younger person to be kind of our media correspondent. Um, yeah. Should I put a Craigslist out for youth? Yes. Young Needed people. youth help. That sort of sounds like we want their youth. Like, <laughs> I need youth. Like, help. Bathe in a tub of their blood, kind of thing. Mm. What was that serial killer that did that? Like the the like old old queen or something. Yeah, she was like uh, like the first vampire kind of thing. Yeah, that which Not the reminds first vampire, me. But. Yeah, I don't remember who she was, but that reminds me. Another thing that I would like to do, kind of another series that I think would be really fun, is um, like scary or like horror themed documentaries. So, like, Ooh. there are a ton on Netflix, whether it's about, like, serial killers who influenced horror movies or, like, all-out, um, like, documentaries about horror, like, as a genre. Um, mm-hmm. I think that especially with our diving into the decades and the history of horror, I think it would be really fun to do whether it be intermittently or kind of the next big series would be um, talking about and reviewing horror documentaries or like scary documentaries. Yeah. We both love horror documentaries. So. Oh yeah. That's like my dream Saturday afternoon would be like (laughs) sitting on the couch with my dogs, drinking some coffee and watching a documentary either about like the history of witches or like mm-hmm. Jeffrey Dahmer or like, like that, that my dad bought me like a series of like history specials and they're like on different things, like the vampires. And do you mm-hmm. remember that? Oh yeah. We watched all the time in middle school, like a couple of weirdos. We were a couple of weirdos. We're still, a couple we were of a couple of weirdos. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but um, those were great. I still have those. I, uh, we should definitely do that. Um, <laughs> we should, well, yeah. I know we, I haven't watched them in a while. We should definitely watch those, which reminds me that our next episode, Nicole, you want to talk about that or you want me to talk about it? Uh, you talk about it. Okay, cool. So for our next episode, I don't want to give too much away, but um, <laughs> it's going to be kind of a special uh, a special episode. I, for, I think there's a particular terminology for it, but it's escaping me. Like just essentially recording us watching something. And kind of having a response to it. There might be some alcohol involved. And I think fun (laughs) little things like that that are a little bit less scripted and more just like fun and informal um, is something we're going to be testing out next week. And if it goes well, then that will probably be another fun thing we do is just things that are um, kind of spontaneous and just sort of a peek into us just hanging out as people and as horror fans, as opposed to us kind of sitting down and um, talking about pre-planned things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So yeah, I think that'll be fun. I think so. <laughs> I'm excited for that one. Yeah. I think as I've listened to other podcasts, I've gotten inspired by the things that they do that are fun for me to listen to. And so that's given me, I feel, feel like some good momentum for some fun little ways that we can change this up because I think along with our lives getting really busy I don't know about you but I also kind of was losing some like direction or inspiration for like what I even wanted to like record about 
Oh, yeah. Because um, I was just like, I kind of just want to sleep instead. Yeah. Like, I don't even really want to watch movies, you know? Exactly. Like, we, in our own lives, were busy and had a lot going on. And so that was definitely part of it. We just, like, weren't feeling inspired to make the time to record. Um, but now that we've had so much time to sit and think about it, I think we've got some good uh, momentum for things that we want to do coming up. So, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I, I think we'll see some slightly different things uh, within recording more consistently. We'll probably be making some little tweaks to, um, you know, our introduction or our um, closing statements or, you know, whatever. Like there will just be little changes coming up. So hopefully those are things that you enjoy. And as we continue to work harder at having a better social media presence, um, feel free (laughs) to chime in on that so we can actually hear what you have to say. Okay. Cool, cool. So to close out, uh, Nicole, let's do a quick So Good It's Scary, especially since it has been so long since we've talked Mm -hmm. about anything. Um, So let us know some things you have liked in general in the world of horror or movies or food or life or whatever. So because I have so much time at work, I spend most of my day on Pinterest, which I have found a new love for. Like I kind of forgot it existed, you know, since like the beginning of college when I stopped using it. Yeah. Um, but I'm just like on Pinterest all day. Like it's awesome. I use it for so many different things, like mm-hmm. ideas they have, like traveling to Japan has been so much easier because of Pinterest, like Fucking all of the right? lists on there. Yeah. Like I feel like Pinterest, I kind of forgot how great it is because in a lot of ways it's like aesthetic stuff. Like I can just look at pictures of like cute animals or like fashion, but also I can get like actual tips on like DIY stuff or like, which don't ever work out, but like other things like a, like, <laughs> Tokyo trips. Yeah. <laughs> so for me, Pinterest has been something that I've really been loving and I'm going to plug it because I think we all forgot about it and we shouldn't have, we shouldn't I have abandoned it. Wholeheartedly agree. <laughs> You've always been there though. Like you're a ride or die. I am a ride or die Pinterest. Pinterest fan. Yeah. I think especially yeah. <laughs> because, um, in the last year or so, you know, we had our trip to Thailand where I was using Pinterest a lot to plan for that. And then now with buying a house, that's been like, I mean, Pinterest is the difference between like when you're walking into a house you might want to buy and you're like, oh, I really don't like the color of those cabinets. Like Pinterest is the difference between like, is this someone I have, is this something I have to pay someone to do or is this something that I can do myself? Like Mm -hmm. it's incredible. It's an incredible resource and people don't talk about it enough. And also like, I know Pinterest is like a girl thing, which is stupid, um yeah <laughs> on its own as a concept but also like pinterest sh- totally shouldn't even be considered a girl thing because there are so many things you can learn and see and explore on pinterest that like everyone should love it and have access to it and it shouldn't be like pigeonholed because it's everything. yeah well i've been i've been using it a lot for like um like i've been watercoloring more and like they have like links to like classes and like tips for drawing and like that sort of thing which is like great for anybody regardless of gender so there's a lot of different things on there I mean I it's kind of just like a collection of what's good on the internet in a lot of ways you know like you can find it somewhere else you can just search it on google but like maybe you didn't even know that like that was what you wanted to find exactly so it's great yeah Pinterest is the new google you heard it here folks that's that's exactly what I said yep (laughs) um so yeah that's one of my favorite things right now and then also I so I'm a pescatarian, um, not a presbyterian, a pescatarian. <laughs> <laughs> Nicole's Every time I say that, 
I'm a Presbyterian, and so I don't eat fish. No, um, no, wait, they, I don't know what Presbyterians eat. Anyway, so uh, I, I only eat fish as far as meat goes. So I, but I've really been missing burgers. Um, but I found Morningstar veggie burgers are amazing and they're cheap. And like, they have this one that's like a griller and it's got like kind of like a cheesy thing going on in it. And I've been loving them. Like I have a burger every night and I just put different toppings on it. And it's just like completing my life because one thing I've missed is burgers because I love them and now I don't have to miss them. So nice. if you're, a, if you don't eat beef, you should try a Morningstar veggie burger. And then the last thing I'm loving is Bales, which is like a grocery store chain. Um, I don't know if they have one in Eugene or Springfield. What's it called? Bales. Bale? B-A-L-E-S. No, I've never heard of that. Yeah, me either. But there's one by our house. And then I finally convinced Danae to go in there because she doesn't like like organic stuff at all. Like she's like very opposed to it. And so I was like, no, let's just go in there and see what they have. It's probably like a market of choice, but like I'll be able to find some meatless stuff. But they have the most amazing bakery in the world. I can't even tell you. Like the bakery is just so delicious. Everything I have from there is like phenomenal. So they have these things called ballerina cups. And they're basically like, like instead of a paper cup for the cupcake, it's like a chocolate shell. And then it's got like a piece of cake that's smaller inside. And then it's like surrounded by like chocolate syrup ganache. And then on top, it's got like this sort of like very rich, but like whipped creamy frosting. And then they put like glitter on top and it's beautiful and it's tasty. And I've gained five pounds. Like (laughs) it's, they're so good. So if you have a Bales near you, get a ballerina cup. They're my new obsession. Ballerina cup sort of sounds like a knockoff of Diva cup. It's not filled with period blood, although <laughs> it, it is kind of red. So now that you think like like the red velvet one, gross. Mm, whatever. The feature is female. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're yeah. eating Diva cups now. Ballerina cup. No, it's not. It's not at all um, related to your period. I mean, it's good for your period. In what chocolate. Way? Oh, chocolate. Sure. Yep. <laughs> For emotional support, it's good for your period, but it's not in any way medically good for your period. You heard it here, folks. Chocolate's good for your period. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, if you have a Bales near you, go there. They also have like a cute little section that's like a candy store. Um, I love it. And they have samples hanging out. Nice. It's great. So yeah, those are the things I'm loving. What about you, Marley? I'm sure you have like a million. Yes, I, I love a lot of <laughs> You things. always have so many more than me. I just, I love things. Um, yeah. <laughs> that makes me sound materialistic. Um, I love stuff. I don't know if that's better. Um, <laughs> I love stuff. <laughs> so Not better. <laughs> no, not better. That's okay. So the things I have been loving recently, like Nicole said, I am vegan now. That is a, a life change that I have a lot of feelings about, but I'll keep it short and simple and just say that... Um, <laughs> It was a change that I've sort of been thinking about for a long time, and then I decided to make the change, and I feel really good about it for a lot of reasons, and it's great. Um, And so with that, I've been uh, eating a lot of vegan foods, and um, that's kind of dominated a lot of my relationship with food, which is good, I think, um... It's made me feel better. Like, I've tried a lot of different diets, and 
Uh, I don't really, I mean, no one likes dieting, but that's always kind of been a thing that I've done is kind of try different diets, especially like I have digestive issues. And so I've always tried to figure out like which one's going to make the best impact for that. And veganism is great and I love it. Um, and so with that freaking Pinterest, like vegan recipes are everywhere on Pinterest and it's amazing and I love it. But, um, so vegan foods in general, I've really been enjoying, uh, what are some of my favorites? There are some foods that are very unexpectedly vegan, like bagels, like almost all bagels are just like dough and water. And it's more about like the preparation process than it is about like what's in it. Um, that makes sense. I think they're also pretty yeasty. I feel like that's an element Mm -hmm. of a bagel, but regardless, (laughs) um, vegan. Yeah. I eat bagels pretty much every day with some vegan cream cheese, Tofuti brand cream cheese, not Daea, but Tofuti, um, is so, so good. I love it. Uh, another thing I've been loving that's not vegan per se, but, um, my husband and I have been making cold brew coffee and that's another thing we found on Pinterest and it's great. So like every morning I have some cold brew coffee with Silk brand coffee creamer and some almond milk and my vegan cream cheese bagel. And it's just incredible. Um, It doesn't sound too bad, actually. No, veganism, like, veganism is not a difficult diet to follow at all. Like, maybe if you lived somewhere where, like, the food just wasn't available to you. But, like, living in freaking the Pacific Northwest, like, veganism is very doable. (laughs) If you're thinking about trying it, try it. Shameless plug. I want to do it, but isn't it a lot of cooking? Or no? No. It's really... (laughs) My... Because I want to be vegan. I mean, more for, like, moral reasons, personally. But, like, I I want to, but then, like, I really just fucking hate cooking. Like, I hate it. And so I didn't want to do it, but you think I could get away with not doing it? Okay. (laughs) Like, not Yes. Okay. So, Nicole. So, (laughs) I'm going to try to convert you real quick. Um, Okay. Don't tell Danaea. She would literally fight you. I don't give a shit what she thinks. Um, I love her, but on this topic, she is wrong. Uh, So first of all, like veganism for me is like, I wanted to make the change mostly for dietary reasons because I already am allergic to dairy anyway. And so, and then my husband developed an allergy to eggs. So like, okay, I'm not going to be buying eggs and I'm not going to be buying dairy products. So like, Mm -hmm. why not just try being vegan? And so I was talking to my vegan friends, which living in the Pacific Northwest, I have mostly vegan friends. Um, And they were like, watch all these documentaries on Netflix. And because I think the thing with veganism is like, I tried like keto and I've tried paleo and I've tried all these different diets. And the rationale for the diet is basically like something about like weight loss or something like it's almost all primarily weight loss driven. which is a good motivator, but then at the same time, I think it can give you a really um, bad. It can it can foster a very negative relationship with food. Um, yeah, and dieting and um, with veganism. Like I was watching these documentaries, and I'm not gonna like go all crazy because the information is there, and if you want it, go out and seek it. But like. There is just like a truth to veganism. This sounds so stupid. There's like a truth to yeah. veganism. That you is, sound like one of those. <laughs> I'm totally one of those. And I don't even care. Um, yeah. <laughs> if you don't want to hear me like proselytize about, that sounds like prostitute. 
You know what I mean? About um, prostitute, uh, vegan prostitution. Yeah. If you don't want to hear about vegan prostitution. No. Um, if you don't want to <laughs> hear me get on my soapbox about veganism, fast forward a few minutes. Um, but I think like for animals, for the environment, for genuinely like they're like socioeconomic and like equality based and humanitarian arguments for veganism that I had never even thought about. And mm-hmm. so I would say if you're thinking about considering a vegan diet, um, there are so many really, really simple vegan things you can have just like day to day that are really, really easy. So it's not a difficult undertaking. I spend less on groceries than I did before because meat and dairy products are expensive and things that aren't yeah. those are not expensive. Um, there's so many things that are surprisingly vegan. And then on top of that, um, I think the more research you do, unlike other diets where you're like, fuck it, I'm just going to eat this. Like with veganism for your own, like morality or a sense of like social conscience or like whatever, once you like pursue that knowledge and then you have it, it makes it so much easier to stick to because when you want to eat a hamburger, it's not like you're like, oh, I'm just going to cheat on my diet because who cares? You think like, yeah, oh, wow. Like this is uh, like for me, I care about animals, but that's not my primary motivator. Like my primary motivator is just like environmentalism and um, humanitarianism and um, not participating in uh, like not participating in functions of our society that I just think are inherently flawed and that I don't agree with. And so mm-hmm. all those thoughts go through your head and you're like, yeah, I don't even want to eat that hamburger. It's not like, yeah, it's not a diet. I feel like it's that lifestyle. about being pescatarian, at least. Um, I giving up fish would be hard. Well, cause the reason I'm pescatarian is because like, I sort of follow like a, a creed, I guess that like, if I f- would feel comfortable killing whatever I'm eating myself, then mm-hmm. I'll eat it. And if I don't, then I won't. Um, but the the thing about why I'm thinking about veganism is like, I wouldn't feel comfortable, like with the way that the milk is being, you know, harvested or like, like the way that things are being, are happening. Like I would feel comfortable with like, I would feel comfortable milking a cow potentially, but I wouldn't feel comfortable like watching the way they do it with like the machines and like taking the calves away from the moms and that sort of thing. So like, I'm thinking about it. In Japan, it would be almost impossible to be vegetarian or vegan. Um, but maybe when I come back. Yes, I, don't I know. think. I'm thinking about it. Yeah, we, we can keep talking about it and not bore the people yeah. who are listening <laughs> to the podcast. Um, uh, let's because, have a vegan podcast. Just kidding. I'm not vegan, so we can't. But, you know. Yeah, I have thoughts that I will share with you because I. <laughs> it's funny. Like, we both didn't necessarily grow up Christian, but like in our younger, more formative years kind of developed that, uh, element of who we are as people. Um, and I feel like, you know, back in my like very Jesus is a friend of mine days. Um, (laughs) it was like, you felt like you knew this truth and you're like, other people need to know this, but I need to be chill about it to not freak them out. Um, (laughs) that's how I feel about (laughs) Oh dear. Um, which we'll talk about it. That doesn't, um, if you're considering being vegan, I guess to draw this back into something that is so good at scary, um, vegan food, (laughs) Pinterest. And if you're considering veganism, definitely watch some documentaries that will rock your world, um, and change your worldview. Um, like there's forks over knives. There's cowspiracy that was produced by Leonardo DiCaprio. 
um, who is a famous vegan. Um, <laughs> there's, I mean, there are tons of them on Netflix. So just look up vegan documentaries and you'll find a ton. Um, and then I have been loving the podcast, Whatever It Takes, a podcast about Degrassi, the next generation. Uh, Which you know we love. Yes, we love. It's hosted by two awesome ladies, Kelsey and Holland, who I wish I knew in real life, but they live in New York, so it's just not meant to be. (laughs) Um, But yes, they are great, and the podcast is great, and uh, they're both just like very loud, aggressive feminists, which I love. Um, So yes, Degrassi the Next Generation, whatever it takes podcast is awesome. And then the last one makes me feel about a million years old. Mm-hmm. In my, I swear, I turned 25 and then just changed as a human being. Because yeah. something my husband and I have been watching and enjoying is Seinfeld. You told me that and I was just like, how many years did you spend just hating the shit out of that show? I didn't get it. Like when you're young, there's, because you're like, this is a show about nothing. They're just like being loud and annoying. Um, that sounds racist against Jewish people, but that like, well, the show is about nothing and they're being loud and annoying. So, um, (laughs) so no shade against Jewish people, especially now that I love the show, but I just didn't get it. Um, and now that I'm older, like my mom kept telling me like, rewatch it, rewatch it. It's funny. And I was like, no, no, no. And I even tried in like my early twenties. And then recently my husband and I were watching it and it's just so funny and relatable. Like the things that they are like talking about and arguing about are so relatable. Like there's this episode where like Elaine is on a subway and it stops and she's just like sitting there so frustrated. And in her mind, she's just like screaming. She's just like, go, go. Yeah. <laughs> um, or she's like, maybe it'll start in five seconds. And then she's just like screaming in her head. And I'm like, I don't know. It's like, it's very relatable for like adults, particularly young adults. Um, I think it'd probably be even more relatable if you live in the big city. I will say there are some things that are so nineties that are not problems people have anymore. So if (laughs) if you're too young, you probably just won't get it. Um, and also there are some things because it was the nineties, like some generalizations about like men and women and gender and sexuality that are a little bit problematic, but overall like friends has that problem. It's great. But like, I'm sometimes I'm like, Oh yeah. Yeah. (laughs) exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Boy meets world Frasier, like all those great shows of the nineties are still great. You just kind of have to take it with a grain of salt. Um, so yes, I've been watching and loving Seinfeld, which makes me feel like the oldest, most boring person in the whole world, but it's great. I've always liked Seinfeld. I need to like re like because I liked it even when I was younger. Okay, like I never loved it, but maybe I'd love it now. I'll, I'll give it another try. Do it. It's it's so funny and just it's easy to just put on too. Like you'll kind of tune in and out, which is something I need in my life is something to just like put on and tune out. Oh yeah. But, oh, you know what other show I've been loving? Huh. Drunk History. I totally forgot it existed, and I watched like a bunch of it yesterday, and it's just so funny. I love Drunk History. Love. I forgot how freaking funny it is. (laughs) Um, Oh my gosh. Also, timely stuff. Watch the second season of Queer Eye on Netflix. It's so good. (gasps) Yes. It's It's so so good. good. And like, it's, I mean, again, similar to Pinterest, like gender shouldn't be associated with like anything media related because anybody can like anything. Um, But like, 
my husband and I watch Queer Eye together and just love it. And mm-hmm. so, like, whether you are, like, male, female, gender fluid, or gay, straight, bi, whatever, um, it's just great stuff. And you yeah. should watch it. If you have a heart, like, you'll love it. Like, right, yeah. If you have a functioning <laughs> human heart and emotions, then you will enjoy it. And if you don't enjoy it, I question your sanity and emotional state of healthiness. So there's that. That's great. Yep. Okay, cool. So <laughs> that was our episode. We've got some really awesome stuff to come. Thanks for listening. And until next time, stay spooky.